The following program is a presentation of Jazz Sports. It's a new year, yes it is, and happy new year. We've got a lot to discuss on what is going to be probably a very long episode, last couple of weeks of 2019. But first, I have to introduce my new co-host. And actually, I didn't check how to fully pronounce your surname before we got started, but now's as good a time as any. Uh, <laughs> please welcome Dan Trudgett. Yeah, well done. You got it right. <laughs> hey, there we go. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. I'm really excited to do this. It's going to be fantastic to not feel a bit schizophrenic and talk to myself for the whole podcast. <laughs> so very, very much welcome. Uh, before we get started, then, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about you as a mm -hmm. wrestling fan, which I, mm. I assume you are a wrestling fan doing this podcast. Oh, what an hour might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit then. How long have you been into wrestling? What are your favourite superstars, matches, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been into wrestling since the beginning of secondary school, really. So I can't remember what age that would be. So like around 12 or something, you know. Um, started really just playing the games at my friend's house. Um, then just started to watch it and just got hooked from there, really. Um Favourite superstars? That's a good question, actually. Um, All-time favourite? I have to say Jeff Hardy. I do like him. And that's a bit of a controversial one uh, You may some people. You may hear thoughts about that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might. <laughs> um, the, also, like like more modern ones, I like Seth Rollins. Um, favourite female wrestler? Got to be Alexa Bliss. Got a very big soft spot for her. <laughs> On that, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> um favourite matches, there's quite a few favourite matches. Um I quite like the extreme matches, so probably I can't remember when it was, but it's Kurt Angle versus uh Shane McMahon where he put him through the glass. Nerd time. Uh, King of the Ring two thousand one. That's that's the one. Um probably that's up there with a few others, you know. So Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So that gives us a, a little bit about you i'm sure we'll learn more as we go forward oh yeah <laughs> uh but we've we've got too much wwe tv to discuss so let's crack straight into that yes and we'll kick off with the last smackdown of 2019 which took place on december the 27th now the show got underway with the introductions of the three men that would compete for number one contendership for the universal championship daniel bryan the miz and baron corbin Baron Corbin cut a promo, insulting his opponents and questioning their ability to be fathers. Roman Reigns' music hit, and in addition to Corbin falling off his sedan, the pair fought their way out of the arena. Backstage, Baron Corbin demanded that the match be postponed until he is healthy. Mm. <laughs> Quite a strange start to SmackDown. How did you feel about it? Yeah, it was a bit weird, you know with Corbin I do quite like Baron Corbin actually I personally think he should get a title run I, th I think that is definitely something that should happen at some point but my yeah. my question is and I didn't really pay 100% attention during the the Smackdown previous but when did Baron mm. Corbin get added to this match I thought it was just supposed to be The Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan I know I thought that but I think it was the week before when he, uh, he was going on he came out and said um, he beat Roman Reigns twice so that automatically gives him a title opportunity. Oh yeah that rings a bell. Yeah and then I think there was I don't know something going on and they just all beat the hell out of each other you know as they do. Yeah <laughs> I mean it's so WWE to randomly add a guy to a match only to find a really complicated way of then removing him from the match. It's yeah. WWE all over, really. Oh, yeah. I, I just found it funny that when he came down on his, uh, what do you call it? I've forgotten what it's called now, sedan. Um, and he was supposed to fall off it. And the guys who were carrying it kind of botched that a little bit. Yeah. If you watched it, it was quite funny how they literally just, literally just bent over. We're just one one side kneeled down, the other side didn't. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose they had to find a safe way of throwing him off a pedestal yeah. six foot in the yeah. air, but yeah, it looked a bit odd. I'll give you that. What was it? Roman Reigns came and gave him an uppercut, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, you know, I, I do honestly hope that Baron Corbin does get a good title opportunity at some point, even, even if it's not even like the Universal title or something, you know. Mm. So... The first match to actually take place was a six-man tag match with the New Day, Braun Strowman taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn and Cesaro. The match ended with Kingston blasting Nakamura with the platter from the New Day's pancakes and Strowman doing his typical thing of following it up with a power slam to claim the win. Right. I know it was Christmas, but what was this dancing thing that Strowman did after the match yeah like I I didn't get that I I get that it's a fun thing for Christmas I'm all for Mm. kind of breaking that image at Christmas time but I'm concerned that once a WWE audience sees that once that that's something that they ask for over and over and over again oh yeah yeah it's one of those things that it's going to be just people are going to be wanting it and WWE is just going to hand it to them no pun intended, on a silver platter. Because <laughs> WWE only give the people what they want when it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, exactly. So when it's stupid, it's they give it to them. But when it's like something that we actually want, you know, like someone having a someone taking the title off Brock Lesnar for once. Yeah, <clears throat> we'll get to um, that later. They, yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, that doesn't happen. But the Braun Strowman dancing thing. You know, he's supposed to be the monster among men. You know, he's supposed to be this terrifying dude. And then they have him go dancing with the New Day. He's the hip jiggler among men. Yeah, he is now. (laughs) Which has a completely different meaning. Yes, exactly. But, you know, I know the New Day, they do their dancing and, you know, stuff. which, Which is their gimmick, you know, which is great. But, you know, trying to fill the void of Xavier Woods doing the dancing with a big guy who's tough and all that, who can apparently flip a lorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was entertaining, but hopefully we don't see that again. No, I, I really hope we don't, because it was just embarrassing. <laughs> Talking of things that we probably see a bit too much, uh, mm. next match featured Carmella versus Mandy Rose. Uh, now, Carmella had already defeated... Sonia Deville and was trying to go 2-0 against Fire and Desire with a win um, and she did that nailing God's Greatest Creation with a super kick for the victory but that's not really the the story here No, the story at the moment <laughs> is this strange love interest thing that's going on between Mandy Rose and Otis from Heavy Machinery mm. yeah I, I don't get that at all. I wonder where it's going to go because they're playing it like she's kind of into it, maybe. Yeah, so that's what they're playing. But I, I can kind of see it like going along the lines of them being into it. She's getting like really flirty with him, and then uh, like use him to her advantage, and then backstab him. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I mean, you know? And I, I really like Otis. I, I like the team together. I don't think either of them really have any... any Personality. Any, well, that, but I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think they have any rope for a singles run of, of any kind. They, oh, no, they, no, they no. only really work as a team. But I, yeah, I do have yeah. a, a soft spot for them dating back to their time in NXT. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like him. I think Otis, is, he's just a bit of a comedy part of it, you know. He's he's part of the comedy duo almost sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Tucker's Tucker's like the serious one, and then there's Otis who's the comedy one. You know. I think I said it on the last podcast, but uh, they they're doing a good job of into a kind of everyman, somebody that that especially kind of blue collar yeah. Americans can relate with. Yeah. I hope they don't ruin that by kind of emotionally and romantically destroying him in this Mandy Rose storyline. Oh, I I hope they don't ruin it. I hope they don't ruin him at all. You know. So, I mean, he's always, it's always been like kind of in the background that he's had a thing for Mandy Rose, isn't it? So, oh, has it? I hadn't noticed that before. Yeah, there's been a few like 
like moments where he's like when she ages ago when she was on the cover of a magazine or something she was handing out magazines and he got a selfie with her and oh, right. you know all these sort of things it's always been in the background i think so it must have been drowned out by Corey graves infatuation with her yes exactly <laughs> all right let's move on so next they tried to have the one-on-one match between daniel bryan and the miz which I think would be a good match. Um, but then King Corbin security ran down, got involved, forcing a double disqualification. I completely agree with you. That one-on-one match would be a great match. Mm. But we're not going to get it, apparently. No. It, I mean, the history between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, everyone knows. You know, everyone who's a wrestling fan anyway knows. Like, back into the days of when it was like NXT was a reality show, you know? Um and Miz was Daniel Bryan's coach, and they always had a heated partnership then, and this this being a heated partnership now is great. Um, what I can see, I don't know, this like might be very far-fetched, but they might do what they did with Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, yeah. where they made them, made them into a tag team. I might have been inclined to agree with you, were it not for what happened on this week's SmackDown, which we'll get to. So maybe we'll we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll put a pin in that and, and come back to that thought. Um, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I spoke too soon earlier, right, and saying how it was just like WWE to go ahead and put someone in the match and then complicatedly take them out. And then yeah. for them to complicatedly put them back into the match back again, in, yeah. it's, uh, it's just such a waste of time on SmackDown. I wasn't very keen on this whole thing either they were going to have the triple threat or they were just going to have this one-on-one match i i didn't really appreciate this in out in out shake it all about that they were doing yeah well we'll try again later and see if we actually get this match sorted yes (laughs) Uh, moving on with smackdown uh lacey evans was welcome to a moment of bliss uh which uh, from what you said earlier i think was one of your favourite segments of SmackDown. As, oh, that was my highlight. Was that was mine. my highlight. <laughs> <laughs> this was followed by tag team action in which Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke took on Bailey and Sasha Banks. Ultimately, the weakest link of the match was Dana Brooke and she was forced to tap to the bank statement. So put, putting Alexa Bliss to the side for the moment, let's let's oh, talk about the, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the content of uh, of this segment, and that was the the Lacey Evans Sasha Banks rivalry. Mm, yeah, uh, how do you feel that's going at the moment? I think it's going all right. Um, I I I think that Sasha Banks, obviously being a heel and taking a jab at Lacey Evans' daughter. Because um, I do like Lacey Evans, actually. I think she's a good competitor, and she's actually grown a lot recently. Absolutely. Um, I think she's a good competitor. She was great as a heel, I thought, but now her coming into a baby face, I think she's doing good at that as well. Um, but Sasha Banks, Banks, sorry, um, taking a jab at her daughter, um, I think that's going well. The only thing, I think just don't make it too personal with the WWE. I think that's what they've got to take onto consideration. Yeah, they're really pushing hard on this uh, don't talk about my daughter thing. And I think it's getting a a bit too much at the moment. They're pushing it to the point of nauseam, I think. Um, Mm. But in in general, I agree with you. I think Lacey Evans is doing a fantastic job as a baby face. Mm. Um, She was starting to get stale as a heel. So it it was definitely time. Um, It cracked me up. Yeah, absolutely. It cracked me up last week that they had uh, Lacey Evans' daughter involved in a segment. I know. And that this six-year-old child wasn't as good an actor as the Miz's two-year-old daughter the week before. I know, I know. (laughs) That was funny. It's the fact that Lacey Evans' daughter was like growling and swiping at Sasha Banks. She just looked looked feral. It was strange. I know. But, you know, but again, Lacey Evans makes good points with, like, nobody disrespects the daughter, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see where they're going with this. I mean, we've had um, this sort of thing before in WWE, obviously, where they've uh, wrestlers have gone after, like, the, the family. their opponents, yeah. like, families, exactly before, you know. Um, well, like, recently, it was Brock Lesnar with Ro- uh, Rey Mysterio's son. Yes. 
So finally, the match that actually happened. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz versus King Corbin. Interference from both Dolph Ziggler and Roman Reigns eventually turned the match back into a one-on-one between Bryan and Miz. Late in the match, Miz hit the skull-crossing finale and locked Bryan in a figure four leg lock. Bryan countered, though, and Miz tapped out to the label lock, formerly known as the yes lock. Daniel Bryan will face the Fiend at the Royal Rumble. Hooray. Yeah. The match finally happened, and I think I we got the right outcome of it as well. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think... It was, I think it was always on the cards for Daniel Bryan to face the Fiend again after the Fiend allegedly ripped out his hair. Yeah. and I mean, in terms of this match, I just feel that Corbin wasn't necessary in any way and they could have just gone with Bryan and The Miz straight away. Uh, I guess they just needed a way to continue the the feud with Roman Reigns without it just being another segment with them in the ring. I I don't know. It, it wasn't necessary and I didn't appreciate it personally. No, I, I, I wasn't really fussed on it, you know. There's uh, very little to, to add really other than uh, how did you find the first match between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend? Um, I, I quite liked it because um, I, I do like The Fiend character and i like him you know bray wyatt doing this creepy old thing is really good i liked it um and i'm a big fan of the fiend um for me it followed a very similar formula to the other fiend matches but i'm mm. quite liking this dynamic that daniel bryan seems to be the only person that hasn't been broken by the fiend yet yeah and i yeah. wonder if that's going to pay off at the Royal Rumble with him winning the title or mm. whether The Fiend is finally going to break Daniel Bryan and and that will be the end of yeah. of this new 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 Daniel Bryan we already had the new Daniel Bryan the new 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 we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just keep adding on news until we're happy with the Daniel yeah. Bryan we've got I, I wonder if Daniel Bryan does win uh, the Universal Championship if they'll do a wooden version of the Universal Championship like they did with the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be quite easy, I would think. I, I don't know. Did that belt have WWE or World Heavyweight Championship written on it, like the actual belt does? I, I think it was basically exactly the same as the World Heavyweight Championship, like the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. But it was just made of wood. Right. I think it was literally a carbon copy, basically. That's some detailed wooden lettering there. Oh, it is. Well, they've got it on WWE Sharp as well. You can buy it. Oh yeah, how much will that cost? Oh, I think that's like nearly four hundred pounds. Okay, and when and when does it arrive at your house? <laughs> um, I've already got the United Kingdom Championship, but I'm eyeing up other belts at the moment. So <laughs> didn't didn't fancy the seven thousand dollar or whatever it was Fiend Face Championship. Oh no, I didn't. I really didn't fancy that. That's that's like seven thousand pound for that and. To be honest, it looks like I could make it at home. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Okay, then. Before we move on to Monday Night Raw, there's a, something I'd like to note here because it's, mm. it's a momentous, historic occasion. Um, the December 30th episode of Raw, the last of 2019, would be the very last WWE programme to air on Sky Sports in the UK. Sky's been the home of WWE for over 30 years, pretty much the entire run of WWE since its real rise to popularity in the late 80s has all been on Sky Sports. Mm. So what do you think now about they're done, they're moving to BT Sport? I think it's a big, bold move. Um, You know, obviously BT obviously gave WWE a better offer, you know. I think a lot of fans will be a bit annoyed in the UK because obviously if they've watched WWE, chances are they've watched it on Sky. Yeah, I've had a lot of people talk to me about how they won't be watching anymore because it's on BT Sport. And their Mm. packages are fairly expensive, especially in comparison to if you've already got Sky, 
mm. and you you like other sports so you'll already be keeping sky sports and then you've got to add bt yeah. sport as well the yeah. price does rise yeah well i think it was just for the sport bt sport it's 25 pound a month and that's just for the bt sport yeah that's you know, not cheap so. mind you i did see today it popped up on my facebook um that <laughs> BT are obviously really trying to sucker in the people to watch WWE on BT Sport because they are doing a deal. And if you if you subscribe now to it and you get BT Sport and BT Fiber, guess what you get free? WWE Network? No. Go on. <laughs> you get the WWE Championship Replica Belt. Really? Yes. <laughs> Man, you're right. That is a fantastic deal. I know. <laughs> and I think it's like a proper one. It's not like the commemorative versions, which are made of plastic, where the belts are made, uh, like the plates are made of plastic. It's actually a proper metal plated WWE Championship belt. So that's about £400. Fair play to them. That is a, yeah. a killer incentive to I know. Go, and, go and spend all of your money on watching WWE on BT. It is. It is. <laughs> So, yeah, but I, that, that popped up today and I thought, oh, that was quite interesting. <laughs> okay, well, I, I personally, I'm not a fan of the move. Not no. that it affects me terribly. I haven't watched WWE on Sky for quite some time. I've got access to all the American networks, so I just watch it live at source, as it were. But uh, yeah, I, I think I will be interested to see in a few months how it has affected the viewership in the UK. I'm not sure if they'll release those numbers, but I hope yeah. that we get to know. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be really interested to see, actually, because it might... I don't know if it goes all downhill. Will they go crawling back to Sky, do you think? It's. I think it's a five-year contract. Is it a five-year so contract? I think oh. so. So I think there's going to be quite some time before they get a chance to revisit. Mm. But uh, I, may, I may be making that up. I can't remember the details of the deal perfectly no i can't either all i remember is you get a free ww championship <laughs> yeah that may uh tempt me to get it even though i don't need it to be honest installment plan <laughs> <laughs> oh but moving on anyway so but there was something else significant uh that happened before raw uh andrade won the united states championship at madison square garden on saturday the 28th what do you think of that I am a big fan of Andrade winning the US Championship. Mm. I would have liked to see it on television. Yeah, I think they should have done it on television. Even if they were going to maybe do a network special from Madison Square Garden, just a quick yeah. hour show, half an hour show even, just mm. this match and another match, like Merry Christmas, here's extra content for free. Yeah. But... That aside, I mean, Andrade definitely is deserving of the United States Championship. He's oh, done oh, yeah. very well for himself, especially considering he's been on the main roster for a fair amount of time now. I can't remember when he came up from NXT, but I feel like it was the night after WrestleMania. Now, we'll need to refresh my memory. But regardless, the, he has had a few good feuds since arriving. Mm. And it's about time that he won, won, won a championship. <laughs> Uh, and the US title is a good place to start, even if it yeah. does seem like they're just passing the US title between all of the Mexicans on the Raw roster. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do like the US title, just a little side note, but I, I think the US title needs a bit of a revamp. What, the belt itself? Yeah, the belt itself. It, it is the oldest serving current WWE Championship belt, yeah. I believe. Uh, all of the others have been changed along the lines, but that mm. US Championship hasn't been changed since I want to say 2003 when they brought it back yeah. to SmackDown. I yeah, mean, after John Cena's hideous spinner belt. Yeah, they, they made that spinner version, mm. but before and after that, it was this same belt design. So you're right, it is in dire need of something different. Yeah, I mean, they, they've tried to like change it up, they've added like a few paint applications here and there you know but it, it needs something bigger you know it needs a complete title redesign you know overhaul maybe a giant 3d replica eagle 
<laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> America. I, I, I don't know if that would be one I'd be getting. <laughs> right, on to Raw then, uh, which began with a fired-up Kevin Owens. Owens complained about the beatdowns that the AOP and Seth Rollins had been delivering, especially the one on Rey Mysterio, which Owens blamed for his title loss. Rollins and AOP came to the ring, or at least the ramp, and Owens quickly took the fight to them. Samoa Joe's music hit, and Joe hit. Uh, Joe joined the fight and hit people. Security eventually separated the, the melee, and the show went to a break. Quite a frenetic start to Raw. Yeah, it looks like they were trying to like, grab people's attention early. I, I, I like this new heel, Seth Rollins. Me too, the Monday Night Messiah. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's great. And him aligning, aligning himself with AOP, um, you know, it's kind of like people, I've seen people comment it saying like, oh, this is like the second shield. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I can't quite I, see that bit. I'm not, know. I'm not really in agreement with that either. Uh, this is more Seth and his cronies than the shield. The yeah. shield was more an equal partnership. Yeah, they were the like. Three. I think they called themselves like a brother, a brotherhood. The, the brotherhood. Like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, whereas these are literally just like Seth Rollins and his hired security. Absolutely. A bit like a bit like when he was a heel, uh, and he had J and J security. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, quite the polar opposite to the AOP, mind you. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Speaking but... of partnerships, I quite like this partnership between kevin owens and samoa joe yeah i i do quite like it they're both like quite big guys you know quite powerful guys they're fairly similar their career paths in wwe at least have been very very oh, similar yeah. and the thing that strikes me as quite funny is that these two guys are probably the ones responsible for the most heinous actions in wwe in the last couple yeah. of years but now that they're aligned, they're aligned as baby faces. I know, I find that bit funny. I I wonder how long it's going to last. How mm. how long we can have both of these guys be babyface before one of them gets the itch to yeah. beat up someone's mother or hit <laughs> hit a baby with a chair or something hideous like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, but while it's while it lasts, I'm going to enjoy it. I think. Oh yeah. What what I do miss though is Samojo being on commentary. He was so good on commentary. He was really good on commentary. I loved his commentary. It was brilliant. Maybe that's something that he can sidestep to when he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something to fall back on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it works for Corey Graves. Actually, Raw's first contest was a rematch. From TLC, which I quite liked. Uh, Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. After a few competitive back and forth, Black put down Murphy with a brain buster for a two count. Black delivered a surprise Black Mass, followed by a, by a second for the one, two, three. So you say you liked it. Did you like the TLC match or this rematch on Raw? I liked, I liked both. I quite like Alistair Black. I really, really, I really like Alistair Black, um, mm. and I'm not sure how much of this podcast you listen to up to uh, joining it. But um, I was really looking forward to the TLC mm. match and felt that it was lacking, unfortunately. Really, uh, this match, however, this rematch was the match that I would have preferred to have at TLC. I, th mm. I found this match to be much, much better. Much more what I was expecting from. Them. I I will I will agree with you that the match on Raw was better than the one at TLC, but I still enjoyed the one at TLC. I can't even put my finger on what I didn't like about the TLC match. It just felt like yeah they were moving too slowly for two guys that are very sudden. Yeah, they're very quick guys. I don't know if maybe nerves were at play, being that this was probably the biggest matches yeah. of each of their careers i mean alistair black has faced bigger opponents mm. but the as alistair black progresses the build keeps going 
Yeah. And I think that adds more pressure to put on good matches for Alistair Black. And yeah, I, I don't think it was met quite as much as he would have hoped at TLC. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I like Alistair Black. I don't really like Buddy Murphy for some reason. I just don't like him. It might be the fact that he used to date Alexa Bliss. <laughs> there is that, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, there's just something about Buddy Murphy that... I'm not too keen on. I really enjoyed his work on 205 Live. That was yeah, a, he, a, he that was, was probably the there. highlight of his career. Yeah. But uh, something's been lacking since being moved over to the main roster, that's for sure. Mm. But yeah, I liked this match anyway. So <laughs> Okay. Before we move on to the next match... Yep. I've got to ask you a lead-in question, mm. a potentially controversial lead-in question. Hmm. Do you think that Charlotte Flair is worth all the hype that she gets, or is she overrated? I think she's overrated. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I I get that she's a Flair, you know, she's Ric Flair's son, Ric Flair's a legend, you know, um, and... She's a 10... Is it 10-time champ she is? I think it's 10 right now. Yeah, so... And I get that, but... It's like they're trying to force her on us. Yes. Like, we get we get she's a flair, you know? And she doesn't... She doesn't really... I don't feel like she has her own gimmick. So here's my take on it. And that's that WWE are trying too hard. They have very quickly force their way to make her a 10-time champion. Yeah. Forgetting to mention that I think four or five of those were in the space of about two and a half, three months as they yeah. passed the belt back and forth between Sasha and uh, and Charlotte um, yeah. back when they first introduced these new women's belts. Mm. So it's much in the same way that the New Day's title record is inflated in that way. They've inflated the, the record just to get her close to her dad's 16 times. Yeah. And as you finished with there, she hasn't really got anything now beyond the fact that she's Ric Flair's daughter. Yeah. She has yeah. the fact that she's has kind of carved her own path for herself. Yeah. But that's where the the difference ends. It's, oh, it's Ric Flair's daughter. She's good in her own right. But mm. where do you go from there? I know. I mean, it's like, it's, there's, there's not a lot differentiating her from Ric Flair. You know, she even has the robes and everything, you know. So, not, not a lot really happening there. So, but anyway, carrying on with Charlotte Flair, uh, she comes down to the ring and announces her entry into the 2020 Royal Rumble match, the first woman or man to do so. She issues an open challenge and Natalia answers. The match was at one point interrupted by the 24-7 champion R-Truth and a steady stream of all the lovely jobbers, but this didn't affect the match at all and eventually Natalia tapped out to Charlotte's figure eight submission. I don't either. Yeah. No, she didn't. She didn't at all. Um, You know, and having also the 24-7 championship come running around the ring, that kind of says to me that it's kind of like this was like an afterthought almost. If you know what I mean, you know. So having the twenty four seven championship, which I will say now is a bit of an annoying championship, I find. <laughs> um, so the match was just blah. okay. I don't think we need to uh, devote any more time to that match. No, we don't. <laughs> Next up was the Street Profits against the OC, which I'm happy to devote lots of time to. Mm. Uh, before the match, the OC bragged about how they'd beaten the tag champs, the War Viking Machine Raider Experience, twice already. 
and that they were, of course, the best tag team in the world. When the Street Profits arrived, they pointed out that they beat Gallows and Anderson on their Raw debut, and then they fight, and the Street Profits pick up the win. What do you mm. think about that? Uh, I like the Street Profits. Me too. And, well, actually, to be fair, I quite like the OC as well. Same. You know, um, OC, they have, they've made a name for themselves, you know. It might not be the OC that they're named, you know. There's other names they've gone by that the WWE won't admit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That they've actually, they've actually kind of hinted at that every now and again, though. Yeah. Um, But the OC, they've respected them in their own right. They are a good tag team. Same with the Street Profits. I like the Street Profits gimmick. You know, the kind of like on the street guys. And I, I, I just liked them. There's you know. there's a lot to be said about the tag team division on Raw at the moment. And mm. I, I want to see more out of all of these guys, out of the, the three mm. kind of teams that we were alluding to, including the the uh, the Vikings. The Street Profits need to spend more time in the ring in 2020. Mm. The mm. OC also need to spend more time in the ring, but they need to get more of a ruthless streak behind them. I don't feel that uh, in trying to emulate the Bullet Club, they need to add more kind of threat to the rest of the roster than they're doing. Rather, They've rested so far on this kind of comedy uh calling calling people nerds type yeah thing. and they're not really backed it up in the ring they've got more no. losses on their record than i think is yeah. necessary and yeah. the the whatever they called viking raiders i can't even keep <laughs> up with their name <laughs> they Just call them vikings <laughs> yeah Vi- vikings raiders I think Raiders is what I tend to call them by default most of the time. Um, yeah. But anyway, I I think, and this speaks to my, my point, they've turned into too much of a gimmick rather than the formidable tag team that they were in NXT and in on the indies beforehand. Yeah. They, they, yeah, the Vikings were very good. I think they were like the first ever tag team to hold, like the Raw tag team, the NXT tag team, I think it was like the Ring of Honor tag team, and then there was another tag team that championship that they've held, and they were like the first team to hold all four of those championships. And there was a picture, and actually, I was surprised WWE actually put up a picture of them holding all four of these championships, like from back in the day, and and I was like, oh my god, they are actually, you know, can kick some ass, you know. It's probably the fourth one is probably a. A Japanese title of some kind, then. Yeah, it probably is. Um, yeah, so yeah. You're right. It's interesting that they made a big deal of that, especially cons- that's giving a lot of kudos to Ring of Honor. Yeah, I know. I think the last time we heard Ring of Honor in WWE was when CM Punk did a pipe bomb. But yeah, generally, I like where the the tag team stuff is going. There's uh, more to get to on that on the next Raw, so we'll we'll move on oh, for yes. now. Yeah. So. Next up, we had Drew McIntyre made short work of Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder in a handicap match for some reason. Yeah, great. (laughs) I'm waiting for Drew McIntyre to show up. And I don't think it's his fault, unfortunately. He hasn't really been given the opportunity to shine. No, I mean, he's he's this big bloke. Um, He's definitely improved, you know, back when he was in WWE way 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 ago and he was just like the chosen one by Vince McMahon and he had the Intercontinental Championship etc um, and then he went away and he did other stuff in wrestling and then he's come back and he's was billed as like a big force to be reckoned with you know he was this big he's the Scottish psychopath of his, as he's now called um, but I just feel like he hasn't gone anywhere and pushing him in like this handicap match with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Don't get me wrong, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are not too bad, but they're at the moment they're a bit jobberish, you know. It it just seemed completely without point. And the thing that gets me is they saw 
McIntyre's work on the Indies um, mm. and in Impact Wrestling, which obviously they won't mention. Um, and that's what they brought him back for. They wanted that Drew McIntyre, then known as Drew Galloway in WWE, but now are overproducing him again to the point that he isn't giving that. It's very, it's very strange that you'd bring someone in to do a job and then not let them do that job. Hopefully we can see more out of him going forward. I'd like that. So in what was a strange segment, Randy Orton came to the ring on crutches for what he said was a big announcement. Uh, he stated that he had picked up an injury at a house show in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and that it was worse than had been anticipated. Maybe never return to the ring worse. AJ Styles interrupted and mocked Randy Orton for the fact that he may have to retire. Uh, AJ put his hands behind his back and invited Randy Orton to hit him, which led Orton to say that the difference between he and AJ Styles was that Orton was patient, and then he nailed him with an RKO. Injury fake, swerve delivered. Yeah, exactly. Um, this just feels like quite stereotypical Randy Orton to me. Did you buy it? Did you buy the... No. <laughs> Oh, I, I did actually. I thought it was pretty good. I thought no, th- this you know this is Randy Orton's life. You know this is all he's ever done. You know he's done. He's been in the WWE since I don't know when he was like I don't know a wee little lad. You know with his dad and all that, and this is all he's known. So I couldn't really see him retiring um, because this is all he's known, this is how he supports his family, and I know he gets paid a lot, you know, and he's probably got um, stuff... He's got he's got a nest egg that he can rely on, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I really couldn't see him, like, just going, no, this is an injury, I'm giving up. Um, so I, I was thinking, is it real, or is this going to be, like, Daniel Bryan, it's not really the same thing, but when Daniel Bryan said he was retiring and then a couple of years later he came back. It sounds it probably sounds very like stereotypical, but I like it when he does do like the RKO that just like literally just goes bam and he's RKO'd someone. How quickly he can do it. Yeah, I like the sudden RKOs. Yeah. As and it's much better now that uh Orton is on raw without Michael Cole and we don't have to hear out of nowhere every time that he does oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, just endless. Next up, we had Andrade was scheduled to take on a local jobber, but after trying to DDT uh, the local boy on exposed concrete, like he did to Humberto Carrillo, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Ricochet made the save and the match turned into a one-on-one between them Andrade won the match with a DDT after Selena Vega pushed Ricochet off the top rope. I don't know if you're saying it right either, but I do appreciate your your roldars. Yeah, I like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up in Wales, so I'm trained to roll my Rs. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, in general, I would have preferred Andrade's first segment with the United States Championship to have a bit more impact than that yeah you know i think them starting off with a jobber is which actually i found out i don't know if you've heard this it might have been this one i think but that jobber was actually a veteran all right of wrestling yeah apparently he'd been wrestling for like 20 30 years so he was apparently a veteran or something like that whether that's just a rumor or something you know someone's made up but that often is the case with the people that WWE brought in, it's that mm. they haven't made it to WWE, but they will try mm. and give them something. An opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a tryout for anybody at this at that point, isn't it? Yeah. As you said, you like Andrade anyway. Yeah. Um, and sure, it turned into a match with Ricochet. And I, mm. and I kind of appreciated that, other than I feel that WWE at the moment are kind of for lack of a better term, blowing their wad with giving away what should be really high-profile pay-per-view matches on free television. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What do you think of Ricochet? I really like Ricochet. Um, Mm. I think he's kind of tapered off a bit from his initial 
yeah. buzz. Um, yeah. And I also think that he's been slowed down a fair bit. Yeah. Um, this isn't the same ricochet that we were seeing in NXT, and even that wasn't the same no. ricochet that we were seeing on the indies. Um, no. But that's not to say that he's not entertaining regardless. I would just like yeah. to see the the reins be taken off. Yeah, I would as well. I, I Again, I agree with you that I like Ricochet. Um, I think I think it could do with the fact that he always dresses up as a superhero. So it could have something to do with that. <laughs> um, but again, I agree with you. I think they've slowed him down. Um, I think they bring him out at pay-per-views he's wearing all these fancy ring gear looking like a proper superhero maybe just like give like the kids in the you know in the audience like something to buzz about you know all right then it's uh wedding time and <laughs> weddings always go perfectly in wwe right <laughs> what could possibly go wrong here oh god <laughs> the wedding of the decade got underway with the knowledge that lana had written lashley's vows for him which is totally on brand. The wedding went well, <laughs> right up until the part where the pastor had to ask if anyone knew of any lawful impediment to the matrimony, and that's where the fun began. First of all, a man claiming to be Lana's first husband arrived, and Lashley spinebusted him. Lashley's first wife followed, and Lana slapped her back down the ring steps. And then most impactfully, Liv Morgan made her way down the ramp, claiming that she came to WWE a lost soul until her love gave her renewed purpose. She revealed that she wasn't talking about Bobby Lashley, but instead she was talking about Lana. Liv and Lana brawl, but the wedding does actually try to continue again, and the final interruption was from Rusev, who was hiding in the cake. Of course, where else would he be? Surprise. <laughs> wedding incomplete. Raw goes off the air. What did you make of all of that? I've lost my oh, breath talking about it. God. Uh, this was very much your stereotypical WWE wedding, wasn't it? Absolutely. You know, everything goes wrong. Bride ends up covered in something. I'm waiting for the for a normal wedding to happen in WWE because that will be the most shocking thing of all time. It's like nobody interrupts. Nothing happens. They just stand in the ring. They go through the vows. You may now kiss the bride. Okay, great. That's the wedding. Thanks for watching. Raw, see you later. I would actually watch that. <laughs> it would be such a surprise to everyone that... People would talk about it for years. Do you remember that wedding that went right? Yeah, the wedding that went right on WWE. That's like the historical moment. That'd be like grandfather telling the grandkids story, isn't it? <laughs> but this one didn't go right. And there were a few things that had me creasing myself, and they weren't intentional things. So, Bobby Lashley's makeup. Why was he wearing makeup? Yeah. Bobby Lashley's makeup rubbing off on Lana's face was it's the just, most hilarious oh thing. Oh, I was laughing. He looked. Oh he looked like one of God. those trashy. The only way is Essex girls. He'd put so much makeup on. He looked like <laughs> any kind of facial features at all. Uh. Oh, no, it was just so funny. I can't put it into words how funny it was. <laughs> now, to give Lana credit, and I don't really like to give Lana credit because this no. whole thing has been a car crash, but the slap that she gave the quote-unquote ex-wife was wicked. And I don't know who that oh, yeah. woman was, but she took it like a sack of shit, man. She just rolled down the steps. Yeah. And bounced I, at the I bottom. think that. I think fair play to that girl, you know. Give her a WWE contract if she can act that well to go downstairs. <laughs> but that's that's not even my biggest question from all of this. From all of the confusing things that we're supposed to be asking, my mm. big question is, why did they put a bunch of chairs at the top of the ramp and then have nobody sit in them? I have no idea. This is WWE being weird. They just sat you know, there with empty chairs in the background. It was weird. It was it was just too weird, you know. I, I wonder if it was like a symbol of how like nobody agrees with this wedding, so 
none of like Lana or Bobby Lashley's families come along, you know, some rubbish that's too obscure for people to understand. Because they were supposed to have guests, right? They made a big, big point of saying, well, you're invited and you're not invited. and Yeah, but clearly no one wanted to go. <laughs> the one bright spot, though, to bring this nonsense to a close, at least Rusev wore a bow tie. That is very true. That is very true. Just on a bit of a fashion thing as well. Can I just ask where the hell was Liv Morgan's rest of her jacket? I I didn't. Was she not wearing half a jacket? Did you not see it? It was designed so like the left hand side didn't have like the breast and the sleeve of the jacket. I was too busy cringing at so many other things to notice to be honest. I saw that. This is me being fashion police now, isn't it? Um, (laughs) But it was just, I thought, why? So that was my last bit anyway. So anyway. Right then, Dan, that is your first podcast in the books. How does it feel to have popped your podcast cherry? Oh, it felt really good. I really enjoyed it, you know, actually talking to someone about uh, WWE because in my world with all my job and all that there's nobody really interested in wrestling which is a bit disappointing okay well well maybe we can change that for you we'll be back tomorrow with uh the last week of wwe television taking us right up to date but until then i've been jazz he's been dan bye <laughs>